It's been nearly two years since I launched this podcast, and we've done so many episodes. How many of these episodes have you listened to? Is it even possible to listen to all the Rebel Entrepreneur episodes, given how long we've started? And actually, what I wanted to do was create for you an episode with the top 10 episodes from the back catalogue, including what we actually learnt from each of the episodes. And I thought, who better to do it with than two of my favourite listeners and favourite friends? So enjoy this episode, the top 10 Rebel Entrepreneur podcasts. The extraordinary belongs to those that created. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So I've got here today with me two of my favourite people, Jessica Yox. Welcome back to the show. It's so good to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me back. I'm so happy to be here. It's awesome you're here. And Jessica Yox is the Associate Professor of Entrepreneurship at Cleveland State University. You will have heard our episode together. If you haven't, go and listen to it. It's a lot of fun where we talk about teaching entrepreneurship, how to learn entrepreneurship and Jessica's journey. So yeah, it's great to have you here. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much. And also I have with me Travis. Travis, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Alan. Yeah, I'm stoked to be here. It's gonna be interesting hearing my voice on the podcast that I listen to all the time, but uh, you know, I'm gonna have to start getting used to it. <laughs> well, we've also done an episode. So if you haven't listened to Travis' episode, Travis hosts a podcast called Raising Golfers Podcast. He's the Academy Director at Rancho Carlsbad Golf Club. And it was a fascinating episode talking about the entrepreneurship of golf making money playing golf is a really good episode. So make sure you go and listen to that one. So the three of us are here today to help guide you through all of these episodes. And I'm actually really curious to know which ones Travis and Jessica thought were the best. So this is as much a surprise for me as it is for you. This is going to be fun. And I feel like we should have some kind of cheesy jingle here that goes in at number 10 uh, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, so who would like to go first with their number 10 of the top 10 episodes? Well, I think it'd only be kind if we had the ladies go first. So I think Jessica should take it away. Sure, you got it. So my 10th episode is the Silicon Valley meets English crafts episode with Jennifer Vessels and Adam Rowe. Ooh, I did enjoy that one. Yeah, I think uh, just generally, I really appreciate when there's like a case study on the episode and when someone is giving direct feedback to the guest. And so the opportunity to listen to Jennifer's suggestions for Adam, I thought was, was really interesting. And I think I loved the most the fact that I could look at his website and see the implementation of that activity. I wish I would have the ability to see like a before, but I think that it was just cool to see that he like actually took the information and applied it to his business. Isn't there actually some kind of time-lapse thing you can get to see previous versions of websites? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. That would be Ooh, fun. I'm going to have to Google that. I'm yeah. pretty sure you can go back through previous versions of people's websites. Maybe I shouldn't tell anyone that so they don't go back through mine and see how bad it was. But yeah, I was fascinated. That episode particularly, I was thinking Jennifer offered to coach a business and I was thinking, what is the opposite of Silicon Valley innovation? Well, it's a uh, 
a craft business from Berkshire, obviously that's the most random combination I can think of, which actually creates some magic. And I think one of the things I wanted people to get was the tools of entrepreneurship apply. It doesn't matter whether you're in Silicon Valley, Berkshire, golf in Carlsbad, it doesn't matter the skills. It's the same way of thinking. It's just a way of thinking. That was a fun episode. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I like that one too. Did it make your list, Travis? <laughs> well, I think first of all, you know, the top 10, and I'm sure you guys would all agree, it's kind of a tough list to make because there's so many good episodes in the <laughs> podcast, right? <laughs> that one wasn't on my top 10, but my number 10 that came in was something I think that kind of related directly to me and it was dealing with overwhelm. I believe it was season one, mm. episode six. It was part of the coaching series. And, you know, it, it just resonated with me so much because like, as I'm starting a business here, I'm really thinking like, geez, how can I do it all? And I think you quickly realize, and Alan, you even said in the podcast, like you and your wife, you deal with some of these situations as well from a personal and professional level that it's really difficult to try to do it all at once. And I'm already feeling that right now. And I'm just, I'm looking around. I'm like, is there way I can have my wife help me out right now with some of this stuff in my <laughs> business? Because I'm, I'm already starting to feel a bit of that overwhelm. And I think some of the tips and just some of the stories that you guys shared just really helped me kind of call myself and make myself realize that I'm not the only one thinking that, geez, you know, I don't have to do it all, even though I feel like I need to do it all. And one thing that actually kind of helped remind me of something I've heard about on another podcast called Bigger Pockets Podcast was Brandon mm. Turner. He's got this thing called his MENS, which is like an abbreviation for most important next step. And when I kind of align my thoughts in that way, it seems to really help me out and limit the overwhelm. But, you know, the connection of that podcast and then, like I said, what I've heard from the Bigger Pockets, I think, you know, it really helped me out and gave me some good tips on how to deal with some of that stuff. I love that because... Yeah, if you're starting a business, you cannot do it all. Like, it's just a fact. You cannot get it to it all. Top secret, my business is not perfect. Don't (laughs) tell anyone. There's still holes. There's still stuff we want to do. Like, you just don't have to get over it and keep going, which is never the advice people want to hear. It's like, why can't it be perfect? (laughs) Yeah. It's like so easy to fall into the trap of like doing everything and then therefore you're doing nothing when you own a business. And so accepting the fact that like whether you're batch processing or using different strategies to like calm how overwhelming it can be to be an entrepreneur so that you can put your focus into doing something well instead of doing lots of things poorly. Yeah. <laughs> Can't agree more. So let's move on to number nine. Jessica, in at number nine, what do we have for the Rebel Entrepreneur Top 10? For number nine, I have How to Get Free Stuff Every Day with Mike Essex. I loved that episode. And I think the thing that I loved the most about the episode was your challenge at the end, which I'm not sure if you remember, but you challenged listeners to take five actions to give freely without expecting anything in return. And I think that owning a business has really opened my eyes to what it is to be an entrepreneur and how important it is to see a small business and share their post with no expectation of getting anything back or remember to maybe bring cash instead of using a credit card all the time because of those fees if if you're just making a really small purchase. And I think that the idea of just building a relationship without any expectation that this relationship is going to turn into something is actually how relationships turn into something. And so I loved that episode and just the construct of 
being willing to invest in something, even if you don't know that it's going to turn into, you know, dollars or action in the future. Yeah, it's a really fascinating one because you need business to turn into dollars in the future because you have to be able to buy pizza and live. However, there's this thing of just giving freely and giving energy that does come back to you. And it's incredible how it comes back to you. Yeah, I did enjoy talking to Mike. And he's one of the stories that inspired us from the very beginning. Yeah, I like that as well. And, you know, something I took away from that episode, which I implemented into my business is I offer everybody a free assessment lesson. So they come to me and they get a chance to meet me and spend time with me. And uh, hopefully they like me. I don't know. But I guess if they come back, they do, right? (laughs) But if they're going to be spending money with me, they need to know who I am, what I'm about. And at the same time, like if I want to be doing business with them or teaching them golf lessons, you know, I need to know what it is that they're trying to do. And if that actually matches up with what my goals are for my business and what their goals are for their personal gains out of getting golf lessons. And then I also added to that was I offered when I first started free clinics. So they were group clinics. So people could just show up. And it was more just about like socializing and having fun with a bit of golf in it. And they would come and they would realize that golf can be not, you can learn golf without having this strenuous learning structure and having to reinvent the wheel, but actually take a few things away and enjoy it at the same time, meet me and see a little bit more about what my business is. And then they in turn come back a week, two weeks later, email me say, Hey, Travis, do you teach one-on-one lessons or can I sign up with you for some golf lessons? And so I think that was huge. And I took that away from that episode. Isn't that interesting? The more you give away, the more that comes back to you. I do think there is a caveat that people forget, which is to make sure you ask for the business. Mm -hmm. Like you do need to, if you give away all this free stuff, send them an email a week later saying, are you ready to sign up to the one-to-ones? I do think that's a very important caveat with that one. Yeah. So number nine for Jessica, free stuff every day with Mike Essex. Travis, what's in at number nine for you? Number nine, The Passion Myth with Sean McHugh. And this is an interesting one because I think, Alan, you've talked about this and you might agree with it because you also had an episode with Christy and Bryce. Bryce, yeah, the Millennial Revolution gang. Right. And so it's, you know, the thing about passion is really interesting because like I teach golf and people say, oh, you're doing what you're passionate about, right? And it is true. But there's a little bit to be said for the fact that you also shouldn't just chase your passion to teach or do your business around because who knows what might happen and you might actually lose the passion because the business overwhelms you and it's something that actually leads you in another direction. But at the same time in that episode, which I really took away from, and Sean said this, is like your energy and and your enthusiasm behind what you're doing will actually help kind of sell you your product and what you're trying to do. And I think that also does fall in, you know, if you are passionate about what you're doing, it is going to help you out. So I'm on the fence where I don't think you should go all for your passion, but also at the same time, I don't think you should run away from your passion when it comes to business. I always think doing the opposite is daft. Like, why would you ever choose a business you don't enjoy? Like people say, like, don't follow your passion. And that seems like crazy advice. Do something you hate. That's what you should do. (laughs) That'll lead to success in life. So I think picking something you at least mildly enjoy or are excited about is really important. And building on what you said, Travis, sales is the transfer of enthusiasm from one person to another. So if you can't get enthusiastic about what you're selling, you're going to really struggle to sell it, really struggle. That enthusiasm comes through. Yeah, that line resonates with me. I actually have that here as my Alanisms. I've actually listed them as, and that's <laughs> something I've heard you hear, say over and over on the podcast. <laughs> 
Amazing. <laughs> I'm going to make a board. I can see it now. Yes. There needs to be I'm a so big board excited. of Alanisms. This is my favorite thing. And the list is growing for me. Yes, yeah. I'm going to make it. That's amazing. I would love to see your list. I would love to start my own list. I'm so excited. Oh, I tell you what, I'll create a page on the website called Alanisms and you can both be featured like his Jessica's and Travis's Alanisms. <laughs> nice. No, but I'm going to hold you accountable for that because I'm so excited about it. Like, I'm so excited. Please, will you do that, please? Okay, I've now written down create page on the website for Alan Isms. Uh, Perfect. Perfect. And if listeners are new to the podcast and this is the first one, they need to rewind about 30 seconds and hear what you just said again, right? Because that's definitely one of the big ones. And for me, like I, I told Alan on my episode, like I walk around, I walk the line as when I walk around, I talk to customers and when I heard Alan say that over and over and over on the podcasts, it's like I walk around with a smile on my face now and you'd be surprised how much that helps you sell your product and like just that enthusiasm behind what you're talking about, how much that helps sell the product. And so thank you, Alan, for that Alanism. It's um, really helped me. <laughs> it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And I don't see how the world fails to be a better place if you have a bunch more enthusiastic people who are just happy and enthusiastic and smiling. I don't see how that doesn't benefit everyone. Cool. So that's number nine. Jessica, in at number eight, how long can I keep this dramatic announcer voice going as we go through this podcast? Oh, keep it going. Keep the energy yeah, going. Yeah, perfect. Uh, for number eight, I have 10 ways to market your business for free. And Ooh. I could nerd out about this one for a long time. So I'll try to keep it brief. But like I'm a small business consultant and I work with people all the time that, you know, I need marketing dollars and I need this and I need that. And I just loved that episode. All of the suggestions, the search bar, pop-ups, getting in front of your customer. I think that in the business that I run, we have never spent a marketing dollar. And <laughs> that is like because we we did pop-ups and we got in front of customers and people spoke about us on Nextdoor, which I think is in the United States a huge opportunity. And I just loved the idea that, again, you don't need to spend money to make money. And with a little bit of effort, these strategies can go a long way. Jessica, I'm curious, like, what would be maybe the strategy you've taken and started using with your business most recently, or which one is the one that you actually want to start implementing more from that episode? Yeah, so pop ups for us was the single thing that we did that totally launched our business. So my husband and I own a mobile bike shop. And in our first year, you know, we don't, nobody knows us or our, our brand. And so we set up four recurring pop ups, partnering with different businesses or in places that people were every week. So everyone knew you could come to the Shaker Square Farmer's Market on Saturday mornings and we would be there to fix your bikes. And just being in front of people and seeing the two of us and seeing us work and learning about our business and having that face-to-face -face conversation was more marketing than we could have possibly paid for. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. What about you? Do you use any of the strategies for your business? Well, I certainly need to start using more of them, but that is on my top 10 episode as well. And that one made it a little bit further down the list for me because I've listened to the episode like three or four times already and I've taken notes on it, which I did with the other ones too. But like what you said there, like partnering up, I think that's something I need to be doing. And it also, I've, something I thought about as well for my podcast is to start maybe partnering up with some other businesses that I think, Alan, you gave some advice on that the very end of the episode where you basically said, I challenge you to go and try to talk to somebody who isn't like a direct competitor or something like that, that you mentioned 
that you can partner up with that might be in like the same realm. And I think the example you had was maybe from people from a wedding that you had them all connect and partner up, right? So I've got some ideas now with that that I need to do. But the one I've implemented is the direct messages, which is basically using people's names and speaking to them as a friend. And I think that's actually gone a long ways and got people to actually pull the trigger to sign up for the services that I offer. I love that. That's awesome. Simon and I had a lot of fun doing that episode and we are planning a second one, 10 more ways to promote your business for free because yeah, people think it takes money to make money and I need to spend money to get customers. And there's this sort of Silicon Valley customer acquisition cost myth that it costs money to get customers. And it might not cost money, but it does cost time, energy and effort. But you get to choose whether you spend money or energy and like it's up to you which one you spend. Excellent. I also like the part of the podcast where the two of you uh, got into an argument over the purpose of the pause. That was uh, like, <laughs> like pause. I said pause. We're pausing. And Simon's like, we're not pausing, but I have more information to share. Uh, that was really quite wonderful. You guys are a great duo. That's for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't get rid of him now. <laughs> I've been trying for years. Uh, Travis, number eight. In at number eight for Travis Hauser. Well, it's almost like you knew I was going to say this one, Alan, because it was something you were just talking about. But number eight for me was entrepreneurial energy. And that was season two, episode 12. And, you know, where this kind of sat with me was, is I was listening to this podcast and I was actually at work and I was sitting there eating a sandwich. And in the episode, (laughs) (laughs) Alan's like, Alan's like, you need to stop eating sandwiches. And everybody asked me, oh, Alan, you're so great because you eat salads, you know, between some of the pop-up business schools that you're, that you're doing, right? And so I'm here mowing down a sandwich and I'm thinking, geez, I do feel quite tired in the afternoon, don't I? How am I going to have energy to keep doing what I'm doing? <laughs> and so, you know, the tips that she had in the episode about just nutrition was huge for me. And guess what? This is, I'm not lying. For the last six weeks, I've eaten a salad for lunch every single day, and I have not felt tired in the afternoon at all. And I don't feel like I'm bloated. I feel like I've got energy. And it has completely changed what I do in the middle of the day to keep me energized as an entrepreneur. So that was a huge one for me. That is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I love that inspired you to change to salads and It's really interesting when you look at what foods make you tired in the afternoon and what foods lift you up. And it's incredible when you just start to track your energy because, yeah, everyone has the same amount of time. The differentiator is the energy you have to put in the time. 100%. Yeah, more energy, the better. Because sometimes I get to the end of the day and I'm wiped out. I'm like, this is rubbish. I've got time. I want to do things, but I'm tired. I don't like this. What do I need to do to change? Yeah. Did you listen to that one, Jessica? I did. I did. I appreciated that takeaway. I'm trying to think of any others that I like found in that episode. I don't know. I, I appreciate the ones that are more focused on the entrepreneurial journey once it's started. But I think that my interest, particularly for my clients, is more on the launch component. And so I think that's interesting as to where the two of us are in our journeys because I focus so much on on the startups that I think that that's where like those episodes are the ones that I'm so drawn to, if that makes sense. Ooh, now I'm interested. What's in at number seven for Jessica? Uh, for number seven, so I loved Christina Russo's entire coaching series. 
Uh, my students and I listened to every episode. We like cheered when she quit her job, but the <laughs> no, for real, but the cold email marketing episode I thought was so actionable. And I think about it constantly just in terms of how to, again, build relationships, build real genuine relationships and, and implement those strategies where you're not just like coming out the gate and selling, you're trying to form a connection with the person and seeing, do they have a problem that you and your business and your service is trying to solve? Because not everybody is your customer. And so trying to find your customer and spending your energy and effort into developing relationships with your customer, I just really found that episode to be very actionable. I love that because so many people are put off sending cold emails because they feel nervous doing it. It feels strange. Will they even know me? But I tell you what, it's an incredible way to reach people. It really is. Cool. I love that. So the uh, cold email episode from the Christina Russo coaching series. Travis, what have you got in at number seven? Number seven. I'm actually surprised I actually have this one up at number seven and not lower down on the list because this is something that resonates with me and also goes back with the Alanisms. But <laughs> it was season one, episode 14, Sales, the Key to Building a Business. And Ooh. this was a, a, a very interesting episode because you had, um, please remind me the gentleman who works for Rebel Business School, your sales. James. James, okay. James and Patrick yes. was the other James the and other Patrick. Guy. Patrick was the, uh, the football or soccer guy. And so, you know, sales is huge. And, you know, my brother's been a salesman for a long time, and I've seen how successful he's been. And I would say I'm not at his level. However, I've realized very quickly starting my business how important sales is. And again, it's not just necessarily selling for me the business, but also selling myself. And going back to some of those things you guys have talked about, like, you know, being a friend with somebody and, you know, talking to them on a personal level, I think goes a long ways. But some of the stories that you guys shared on that episode, like how you started how sales shouldn't be, Alan, from your experience selling photocopiers and copy machines. And, you know, yeah. I was listening to that cringing. You know, I'm sure you remember that situation very well, thinking, <laughs> is this what sales is really all about, right? But the, the positive story on the other side was what Patrick shared. And he talked about the Richard Branson story, where basically there was a clause in the contract that was more in favor of Richard Branson for his business. And Richard Branson went back to that company and said, you know what, there's a clause in this contract that is not in your favor for the customer. And then I think he said it ended up being like one of the best uh, long-term customers for his business over time. So, you know, when I thought about that and just connecting that with relationships and being honest and like how sales doesn't have to be so like cheesy salesy, you know, for me, I think that really helped me go transfer enthusiasm as opposed to go hard sell everyone. I love that because sales is critical and it's the thing most people are scared of. Because I do this thing every course where I go, let's play the word association game. If I say salesman, what do you say? And they all go, sleazy, yep. car salesman, photocopier salesman. Maybe that's just me. But um, they all say sales is a bad thing. And it's really interesting because I'm telling people to go out and sell but they think sales is a bad thing. And that creates this cognitive dissonance, this pain of I must sell, but I hate it. Mm. And overcoming that is one of the keys to getting your business going. It really is. Yeah, 100%. 
that one's actually really high on my list. That one is number four for me. Um, I loved that episode. I loved the examples. Ellen, in that episode, you referred to yourself as a collector of questions. And Mm. I loved that. Like also knowing you, I feel like that is a very good description of a conversation with you. But (laughs) I just really appreciated that idea that you're seeking again to determine if this is a good fit for both parties. And that episode, I think, is so high up on my list because I was working on developing an entrepreneurial finance course and I set my learning objectives very early and then realized that nowhere in there did I talk about sales. And like, you don't have any finance without sales. And so that was actually the first episode that I requested those students to listen to because you don't have a business with no sales. Like you need to go sell something. And I, I really appreciated that episode for those reasons. I find it really interesting because I was I'm over in Colombia at the moment helping launch Rebel Business School Colombia. And they said that was the thing that really hit them was if you sell something, you have a business and the simplicity of that statement and how people make business very complex. You need all these things. But actually, if you just sell something, you have a customer and you can make some money. And it's unbelievable how that unlocks and makes progress. It is fascinating. I think sales is quite contagious. I was actually talking to my wife about this yesterday. And once you realize you can sell something or a product or a service, you start to kind of like realize like there's this like huge world that like you can almost sell anything. And I think what I've never had this moment before because I was an entrepreneur, you know, four months ago. (laughs) But as I am now and realizing like just different products, and this will go into my next top 10, by the way, but you just realize there's this huge opportunity in front of you. And it just makes you think that, you know what, you could almost sell anything. And it's amazing. And I think just having that mindset can probably change your your mindset and even the path of your life. It's such a buzz. It becomes addictive. You sell something, that person is happy, and you get paid. Like, it's just an amazing combination, and you get addicted to it, and you're like, I like this. I like this. People are actually happy that I'm selling them stuff, and I get money for food. This is awesome. I get so addicted to it. I really yeah. do. So let's move in to number six, Jessica, in at number six on the Rebel Top 10. So uh, for number six, I have another, I believe this was a coaching series as well. It was the hunting and farming episode discussing, again, from a sales perspective, how are you going out and finding new customers? But then equally important, how are you nurturing those relationships that you already have and potentially reselling to those customers as opposed to having a thank you so much, that was a great experience, and now that that relationship sort of ends. And I recommend this episode a lot for the entrepreneurs that I work with to think about, okay, you need to continue to add to your business if you want your business to grow, but also those original customers are still your customers if you continue to develop that relationship in a real and genuine way. I love that. That is a fun episode. And actually making friends and having customers over the long term changes everything. I was fortunate enough to win Microsoft as a customer in the early days, and they remained my customer for 10 years. And I won them once and then like, this is a good customer. I enjoy working with them. Let's stay with them. And it made such a difference to my business. It really did. Absolutely. Travis, in at number six for Travis Hauser. All right, number six, season one, episode seven. And this one is the power of mini experiments with Simon Payne. So mini experiments, I think it it really helped me in a lot of ways because failure is something I think I've gone away from for 
most of my life, and I still try to avoid it, even though I shouldn't. I've embraced it a lot better. And I'll go into more of this uh, a little bit lower down the list. But with the mini experiments, it kind of gives you that mindset and that power that like, it's okay to try something out. And if it doesn't work, just like move on from it. And like Simon says, he says, fail fast and fail cheap. And that resonates with me a lot with some of the things and some of the programs I'm trying to do. It's like, okay, let's just put that out there and let's just see if it works. And if people are willing to pay for it and what kind of feedback you get from it. So for example, for my business, I've got a three-year-old, my oldest son is three years old, and there's a new trend to start coaching golf for toddlers or preschoolers, we call them. And so I thought, well, I've never done this before. I've got no experience teaching preschoolers. I have a preschooler myself. And part of my why for what I do is to get my children to grow up through the game of golf and for us to be able to do it together. So I thought, well, why don't I see if anybody else is interested in taking preschool classes here? And so lo and behold, I do a preschool class and I get a mom who is interested who runs an Instagram account for the San Diego Moms Group. And it's a big group. And she posts on her Instagram and guess what? Bang. It's like overnight, I've got two classes I'm doing because of just limited space. And it seems like this mini experiment has worked and I've gotten people to show up to it and they're actually willing to pay for it. And the funny thing is, Alan, you've talked about this before. It's like, I've almost sold it before I even had a chance to think about it. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to start these preschool classes. And you know, the first question every parent says, great, how much is it? I think of myself, it's like, uh... you know, I haven't, I haven't gone that far. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a cue that this mini experiment might actually work, right? And so then I put a price on it and thinking, oh, I hope this price works. I hope they, you know, they feel good about it. And, you know, so far that mini experience worked out really well. And uh, I've tried a few other mini experiments and they didn't last as long. And some of them were those clinics that I was talking about. But I started charging for some of them and they were with adults and it was just timing issues after work. But it didn't cost me anything to try it out. And so it's like, well, you know, those didn't work as, as well as maybe these preschool classes. So now let's just think about what the next idea is. So I really, really like that. And I think just the risk to cost where you're failing, or fail quickly and fail cheaply, I think that's something huge because I think I would have done it differently five years ago. I would have spent a lot of money and probably like just dragged it out. Yeah. And that's exactly the mistake I made was I got hooked on one idea and like pushed in too long, too hard without actually selling it. And I should have just like done it quickly, sold it. If people buy, cool, I'll carry on. If they don't, we'll pretend it never happened and I'll get on with something else quickly. Yeah, I love that episode. The idea of mini experiments has changed my life. And Katie and I did a mini experiment with the finance course, the Rebel Finance School, and we launched it and 150 people turned up to the first one. We're like, oh, we might have something here. Uh, And then we run the next one and see what happens there and like just keep going until we get bored or something changes or yeah, it's really interesting. I love that, Travis. Jessica, in at number five on the Jessica Yorks top 10. Well, I should mention that the mini experiment episode is very high up for me too. Uh, So that's your, uh, you're stealing my my later ones. (laughs) Yeah. I love the mini experiment episode. I think there was one part of that episode as well that you, I think you mentioned just like run a mini experiment to see if you even like it. And I think that so many people get fixated on what the perfect business looks like and then potentially they get into it and it's not the perfect business because nothing is. And having the opportunity to test it out and see, does this actually match what you've made this out to be in your mind, I think is really important for entrepreneurs. And so that is number three on my list. But in terms of my number five, 
it's actually, and this is probably cheating, but a tie between two additional coaching series episodes, the one with Curtis Jackson and also the one with Darcy. And I can't remember if it's Mahan or Mahan, but uh, I liked both of those episodes. And I think for a similar reason, it was a, a problem solving episode where you and your guests were coaching these specific entrepreneurs. I liked the Darcy episode because she had really essentially run a, a mini experiment. She was trying to decide if it was a, her next right step. And then Curtis had something that had the potential to appeal to such a broad audience, but it was, you know, the question of do you approach a broad audience or do you try and distill it down and really find your your market? And I, I liked the takeaways from both of those episodes. Yeah, it's really interesting, those episodes, when you get someone come along and say, here's my business, and then you have to think through, okay, so what's the issue they're facing? Where are they going? What do you do? And how does this apply to everyone listening? Because I tell you what, it's really fascinating. Spoiler alert, I'm recording like season six of the coaching series right now. And it's incredible. It doesn't matter whether it's been a photography business, an artist selling a comic book, the next one is a calisthenics YouTuber. Then we've got a food truck one. Like it doesn't matter what business is, they go through the same issues. And it's really fascinating when you start to see the the themes between the different businesses and what actually traps people from making progress. Really fascinating. Yeah, it's interesting. You put that post up actually yesterday on Facebook about the similarities and differences between business and Columbia, right? And I think it probably falls under that that same kind of thought, right? That's like it's probably very interesting to see. I don't know this. You'll know better than anyone how similar businesses are in different countries, but then also how there's like cultural differences and things like that actually make those little tweaks different. And so it must be fascinating for you to learn those things. There are definitely cultural differences. There are definitely different ways of doing things. However, the similarities outweigh the differences massively. And sales is sales. Building a business from debt is the same. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Yeah, spoiler alert, we have an episode coming up about launching Rebel Business School in Colombia, which is going to be something very fun and very different. Nice. Anyway, enough of that. Travis Hauser, <laughs> in at number five, tell me what you've got. So it was season one, episode 25. It was the very first Rebel Takeover episode with Sean Jenkins. And Alan, you were the guest. And although you share a lot of stories about yourself and experiences that you've been through on the podcast, there were certain ones that were on there that I thought were just kind of really cool to learn a little bit more about you and learn a little bit more about what you've gone through from your upbringing all the way to where you are now in your life. And I thought just that mindset of having things, making things better, I think that was from your lawn mowing business. Is that what you're talking about? You had a lawn yeah. mowing business and just that, just that general mindset, even on that small scale of a business kind of helped progress you through life. And I think that is just huge. And that was something I took away for sure. And also what your mom told you. And your mom said, there's no such thing as can't. And when I think about that, it, it just makes me realize that, number one, I should make less excuses about some of the things I have, for example, even time, and just try to do more. And I think that was really good advice from your mother to kind of allow you to kind of spring forward into the person that you are. And then when I think about that, just that word, there's no such thing as can't, it just kind of makes me also think you know, how important that is. And also helps me change my mindset day in and day out. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, because I think so many people will tell you what can't be done, what isn't possible, what isn't allowed, and they will focus on that stuff. 
And there are very few people in the world who will tell you what is possible and what you could do and how you might start. And I think, yeah, my mum drummed that into me because I was the kid who said, I can't do this. I can't do that. She had to drum it into me because I was a mess. Uh, So, yeah. Thank you, mum. Yes. And I got one thing I took away from your tip too, Alan, that I want to share. And it was from this episode. You talked to somebody from, I believe, one of your rebel business schools or pop-up business schools. And your tip was to call businesses in other states that basically mm. that she wouldn't actually be able to do business with just to kind of practice the sales tactics, right? And to kind of practice those skills of selling the product. And then you said she came back and said she's got business in another state, right? <laughs> she's like, I didn't want it. I didn't want it. I got it, right? But what's funny about that, right? It was like, I listened to that. And then when I was searching for where I'm going to start working or, or set up shop for my business, I was calling golf courses in different areas around the state of California. And, you know, the first few phone calls I made, I was like, I looked at this golf course. I'm like, I would never work there, right? And I just gave him a phone call. <laughs> and it was great practice because, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. And I say, oh, yeah, I'd like to speak to the general manager. Yeah, hi, my name's Travis. I'm a PGA professional. And like, I'm like, what am I doing? And in the back of my mind, I'm like, who cares? Like, I don't even want to work here anyways. <laughs> and the funny thing is I actually got a couple of phone interviews from it. And I'm thinking, like, out of courtesy, I've got to talk to the general manager because I've called them up looking for a job in a place that I don't even want to be working. So I did a few interviews <laughs> over the phone of places I wasn't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> well, it kind of takes the pressure off because I think it's really interesting. I was doing the podcast night last night with the Rebel team in Colombia. And when they're on the podcast, they became more formal. And when they weren't and we were just chatting around the table, they had full of energy and full of stories. And it's fascinating how that little bit of pressure changes how you act. Whereas if you were just yourself, if you just had fun, if you just could let out your own personality it would go so much better. And I think that's the key to that bit is get comfortable doing it that side so that you can be more you. Because if you're more you, people will choose you because they want to work with you, not because you put forward a version of you that doesn't really exist. Yeah. What an episode. I did enjoy that. Sean Jenkins is, yeah, one of the smartest, most thoughtful people I've met. He's incredible. So let's move on. I know we've had this one, Jessica. So tell us your number four, and then you can go to number three if you would like to. Oh, sure. So uh, number four for me was sales, the key to building a business with James and Patrick. Again, thought that was a great episode. And then number three for me was the mini experiment episode. So uh, we've already chatted about both of those, but highly, highly recommend. (laughs) Is there anything else you want to add to those before we go on to your number two, I guess? Well, Travis, do you want to do your, is your number three? I'll say my number three. Yeah. If there's anything you want to add. Yeah. No, I I just, I mean, I think I had already mentioned my my main takeaways, but I think the mini experiment episode, I've watched transform the way entrepreneurs that I work with think about their businesses. And that's one of the coolest takeaways from this entire podcast is the idea that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing scenario. You can test something and see if it works, see if you like it, see if it makes money for you and make adjustments rather than memorialize what your business is going to look like in a business plan. And then two months in, it doesn't look like that at all. And then you're, you're disappointed. I tell you what, two months is a long time. It took me about a week to work out <laughs> that no one wanted my business plan. Um, sure. Yeah, but that's maybe because I'm worse than your students, but we'll move on quickly. Travis, tell me, in a number three for Travis Hauser. All right, so The Extraordinary Belongs to Those That Create It by Alan Donegan. Ooh. 
And it starts out with a wonderful background. I think you're sitting in Mexico. You can hear the waves crashing. Is that the episode? Yeah, that was the coolest location. Yeah. Sat on the Pacific coast of Mexico in Puerto Vallarta. Like I was definitely having a moment of this is cool. I built this. Yes, I bet you love making. You should do more episodes with background noise like that. I mean, I was like chilling when I heard that. I was like, oh, I want to be there as well, you know. <laughs> but then the content got even better. So number three, you know, just hearing you talk about those things, and obviously seeing you as an example, what you've done with your personal life and you know financial independence, and then also you know what you're doing here with the podcast and your Rebel Business School. But just kind of like you, you said, start with the end in mind, and I think it's a quote from Zig. Uh, I think it could be from Zig Ziglar or Zig it could Ziglar. be from, uh, what's his name, Covey? Stephen. Thank you very Sorry. much. Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Begin with the end in mind. Yes. And I think that was something, you know, really helped me kind of like envision what I wanted with my business. And, you know, for me, again, going back to my why, I think the end in mind for my business, it, or I guess the end in mind personally would be financial independence. But the end in mind also with my business would be if I could fast forward 20 years from now and both my sons have grown up through the game of golf where I got to spend time with them through my business. And at the same time, they're learning the game, they're enjoying the game, and I've been able to make a career and living out of it as well. So when I thought about that, it kind of helped me put together some of those stepping stones, which actually led to why don't I start doing preschool golf classes? So, you know, when I heard you say that, it really kind of helped me think through like what it is I need to be like picturing in my head, not putting together a business plan, but picturing in my head what it is <laughs> that I need, that you know I want to envision, and like some things aligned within my you know my business because of having the end in mind. So I thought that was a, a really cool thing. You also talked, you, you know, you gave some advice. You said, "Where do you want your finance and money to be? What do you want your business and career to look like? You know, the relationships. Who are the key people in your life? You're the sum of the five people closest to you. Health and wellness, and recreation and play." And then finally, you ended with service and contribution. So you touched on these kind of really important points. And all of those things, when I was listening to that, I was like, okay, I need to do a little bit more of that. Okay, I need to think a little bit harder about that thing there. Because again, Alan, you know, for me personally, and I think a lot of listeners, you are a role model in so many ways from a you know personal perspective, and also just a professional perspective. And I think hearing, you know, advice from somebody like you on this episode to get to the life that you feel is already extraordinary that you're currently living and what we want to get to. It was a really good episode in that manner. So thank you. Thank you, Travis. That's awesome. One thing just for everyone listening, I'm not against writing things down. I know like I'm against business plans, but I like writing things down. So like, <laughs> feel free to write stuff down. It's okay. You don't just have to keep it in your head. Definitely. And I, the other bit I do find this, this expression has been driving me for years since I heard it in a movie. And I genuinely believe you build your life through your daily actions. And Katie and I are still thinking to that, like we have what we would consider is the dream life we want. And we're still considering how can we make it even better and what can we build next and where can we go? And I think there's always another level of fun to get to. And like over the decades, you can build something incredible. And even if you're starting, if you're listening to this and you're 50 years old, like you've got 10, 20 years to build something amazing. If you're 60, you've got your retirement to build something amazing. Like you've got plenty of time to build something cool. Just start. Yeah, that was a fun episode. I was also nervous putting it out, Travis, because that was the first ever episode where it was just me. Like I just mm. spoke to the microphone for 45 minutes, 
which is not always my happy place. Like I like bounce. I like people. Yeah, I was nervous releasing that one. Oh, you crushed it. Thanks awfully. That's wonderful. Jessica, in at number two on the Jessica Yorks top 10. So this one for me is the money managing the life of a small business with Emma May and Henry Nicholson. Uh, And I should just throw in a caveat that I am a tax accountant. So I think this (laughs) really like speaks to my soul. I loved the suggestions. It flows right into my number one, but I have a quote from Emma. Do I really need to spend this money now? Or I could potentially see how things go and then upgrade at a later date. And then Henry talked about setting up a structure early and making it so that it's not a mess. And so as someone who certainly our business started in 2017, I still have a cardboard box of receipts. Like if I get audited, it's all there, but it's just like the 2017 box. And I that all happened very close to the tax deadline. And I just now have learned how to set up a system and a structure so that I spend so much less time on the like compliance activities associated with my business and more time actually interacting with customers and enjoying running my business. I think that's why I like that episode so much. I love that. Do you want to know why Henry said that piece of advice? Sure, absolutely. Because the first thing he had to do when he joined my business was go through and put all my receipts in a spreadsheet and he hated it. Um, I'm sure. He hated it. it. That advice comes from the pain of doing it. And yeah, it's never fun. If you work out a system, life just gets so much easier, so much easier. I'm doing that for a client right now. The electronic records aren't even available. So I'm going like line by line through paper statements, trying to like make uh, something happen. So that's, uh, I totally understand his pain and really think it's important to set something up early (laughs) to prevent that from happening. Well, that episode inspired me. Now, that's a very basic level, but here is an envelope that you guys can see, and it just says April 2021 receipts. I love it. That that helped me because I was new, and I I started collecting receipts. I'm like, what the heck am I supposed to do with all these things? uh, Yeah, right. Do I mail them to the IRS? Like, what happens? Yeah, so I listened to that, and I was like, I got to get my stuff together. And so I went on Amazon. I bought a bunch of these envelopes and then just like wrote it on there, and I just started chucking all the receipts in there. I still need a better system for going through what Henry's gone through because I'm starting to understand a little bit of that on a small scale, but it's more organized now after listening to the episode. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I love that. Travis, in at number two for you on the Travis Rebel Top 10. So this is one that's quite personal because it was a legend that you brought on to the podcast. It was season Ooh. one, episode 22 with Jail Collins. Oh. And Jail Collins... He's done so much for me as far as reading his book, The Simple Path to Wealth, and also just reading through his blog and listening to him on podcast episodes. Like you, Alan, he was a guy that I would actually go out and search to see where he's been a guest on podcast episodes because he's really helped me kind of kick off my financial independence path. But on the scale of what you guys do on the podcast is it kind of helped me also kind of understand like diversification of business and investments and how that relates to the business itself. And, you know, you talked about some things that I already knew, but I think it's great for listeners to who aren't on the financial independence path or know anything about it. But you guys touched on the 4% rule. And you guys also talked about FU money and how that makes you more bold. And I think that was actually something also, you know, for me kind of resonated with business because Alan, you, you gave an example on there where you said, 
that once you became started becoming more bold, you actually could start deciding who you were going to do business with and who you weren't. And you could start saying no to people. And that actually helped you spring even faster forward with your business than saying, you know, necessarily yes to everyone and being less bold. So that episode I thought was fantastic in many ways because it touched on the financial independence stuff and also how it connects with business. Yes, the man, the legend, Mr. J.L. Collins, he has had an incredible impact on my life and helping me towards financial independence. Like, yeah, I cannot shout about his content enough. He's awesome. I could also just listen to him talk for forever. Like he's got <laughs> the perfect like podcast yes, voice. The voice you know, radio. Um, 100%. But he, in that episode also, if I'm remembering correctly, spoke about like what happens with business profit once you are successfully running a business. And I don't think that that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs even think about. Like, what am I going to do with this money once I have money other than reinvest it into the business? And I liked the idea of a business as like one lever to pull on your way to financial independence. Yeah. And I love the way you say other than reinvest it into business. I would also add other than reinvest it in the business or spend it on holidays, faster cars or other stuff, because it is amazing how quickly like people earn some money and then they go, I must celebrate and the money dissipates. And yeah, it is interesting. Like you've got to actually have a plan of what to do with your profits because shock horror, if you're listening to this, you might actually make money. Then you've got to do something with it, which is a wonderful first world problem to have. So we're down to the number one in the Travis and Jessica chart. This is going to be really interesting to see <laughs> what you have picked. I can't wait to see what Travis is this. I'm nervous and excited. <laughs> well, let's start there. We will uh, start with Travis with the number okay. one and then culminate with Jessica's number one. Travis, hit us with your number one episode. All right. So I picked this episode for many reasons because of its title, but also because I've listened to it the most. I have to say I've probably listened to it nearly 10 times this episode. And wow. it's because of the content and it's also because of the people who are on the podcast because I think that these guests are some of my favorites. So you've got Simon Payne, who's with you. And we've also got Sean McHugh. He's on the episode as well. And so the number one I had is that you are going to fail. And that was Ooh. season one, episode 20. And why I like this episode is one, because you guys are three entertaining guys and just, you know, just the camaraderie <laughs> and the chats that you guys have and like just some of the jokes I think was good, but more importantly was just the content in it and the stories that you guys had of the mistakes that you've made and the failures you guys have had. I think hearing that from you guys who have run successful businesses helps me feel at ease. That's like, okay, failure is okay. It's not something that you necessarily have to run away from. And if anything, try and make experience you should almost kind of run towards because I think it's going to, you know, help you fast forward your progression. And funny situation is like, even with just conversations with customers, there was a time and I need to get back on this that I would go into a conversation, know it's going to be really awkward and really strange. And I'm like, you know what, I just need to go have this conversation. If I fall flat on my face, I'm going to learn something from it. But I just need to go straight at it. And that was something that I started doing at that time. And I do more of after listening to this episode, and actually, I realized that some of those experiences weren't as, as scary as I thought they would be. And I would learn something from them, right? So I thought that was really, a really, really good episode for me. And it also kind of helped me do something which is called like a mistakes ritual, or you can actually call it maybe a failure ritual. And I got this from a training from coaching. But basically, anytime there's a mistake, you can do something to kind of help you reset what it is that your mind is at so you don't dwell on it and sit on it for a long time. And Alan, you talked about this, how you lost the, um, because of COVID, there was that you were going to go to Google and do a presentation, oh, yeah. you lost them, right? 
And Sean also shared a couple of situations where, you know, he would like bulk up and cry for 30 minutes, but then he would get over it, right? So mistakes ritual I've started doing, like when I just make a mistake on a small scale, is I just take two fingers, I pretend like I'm wiping sweat off my forehead, and I just kind of like throw it like this, I flick it. And that helps me, you'd be surprised, it helps me kind of reset my mind after making that mistake and move on from it. And I got that again from a coach training that I did for coaching golf. So that was my number one. It was a wonderful episode. I know I'll listen to it again and I highly recommend people listen to that episode as well. I love that because, yeah, it's. I was a bit nervous about that title, You Are Going to Fail, because it's a little bit pessimistic, but it's also true. Like stuff is going to go wrong. It's going to go badly. And then you just have to get over it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Travis. So, Jessica, at the top of your list, what is the Jessica Yock's number one episode? So mine is actually five ways to start a business with no debt. I loved that episode. So the first time I heard you speak was actually on the Choose a Five podcast. And you gave an example of a someone who wanted to start a restaurant and did pop-up dinners and pre-sold for pop-up dinners. And it was in that moment that like I had the like mind blow moment. Like it's not you know, incredibly difficult as a concept, but I've never thought about it in that way before. And so this episode, the idea that you can barter, the idea that you can borrow, you can just ask and see what happens. The idea that you can sell value before you create it. I love this episode. It's the number one place that I would say, start here, have your mind blown, like be exposed to some concepts you've never even considered before and go out and ask and just see what happens. Yeah, that's actually a good episode as well. I'm surprised I didn't actually have that on my list because I, when you're saying these things, I'm like, you know what? I, I actually preach some of these things to my wife now, like because she always has these new ideas about starting a business, you know? And it's like, you know, we, we don't have to rent a space out. We could go ask somebody and maybe somebody's actually willing to give it to us for free for a few months or rent it at a really cheap price. You know, we just got to start talking to people. We don't have to go the cookie cutter way of how we think business should be and take a bunch of debt. And yeah, that's a fantastic episode as well. I'm sorry for not having that on my top 10, but it needs to be on there. Can we make a top 11, Alan? (laughs) There you go. There are no rules. You can have whatever you like in this world, whatever you like. And that is actually like that piece of content is the one that I and Rebel Business School have become most famous for is changing the way people think about the very initial startup. And then you kind of build on that with all these other themes. But that was actually the belief that I wanted to change. And I'm still on it. It takes money to make money. And people genuinely believe that around the world. And that's the one I want to smash because that's just an excuse that traps people is I need money first. Give me a loan. Give me a grant. Give me money. Then I can be successful. Whereas actually the exact opposite is true. If you start, then you will get the money and the success not get the money to get success. It just doesn't compute. It's the exact opposite of what people think. There was a, a very early example, right? The year we started our business before we we had really decided what the path forward was. And we were in Tampa. There's a coffee shop there called Ginger Beard Coffee. And it's a coffee shop within a bar. And I believe what happened is that the bar was vacant during the morning, which is when a coffee shop is a thing. And so he split the space. They were both in operation for one hour and that's how he got started. And so that's the first time we even thought about the pop-up concept. Well, we could go to a wine bar and hang out there and people are, are drinking wine or, you know, enjoying cheese or whatever while 
their bikes are getting worked on. And so that idea, the idea that it doesn't have to be this like perfect cookie cutter scenario, I think was very early uh, inspiration for what business could look like. I love that. I feel like I want to go to Gingerbeard Coffee now. What a great it was name really that good is. Coffee. It's really good coffee. I do love a mm-hmm. good coffee. Yeah, me too. I hope I'm getting the story right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go there and have a little bit of both. I'll, I'll have a little bit of the coffee and I'll try what they have at the bar. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so this has been a hugely fun episode. You did say you would have a different advice for people who were starting listening to the podcast rather than the top 10. So actually, that's what I would love to end on is people who have listened to this episode, got inspired, they've got lots of places to start, but where's the one place they should go Jessica, Travis, where should they start? If someone was starting brand new on this podcast, where do they start? So for me, I would start actually with the step-by-step guide on your website and listen to the pop-up principles one and two, which are the first two episodes of season two. But I also love the step-by-step guide. Just, I think it's 14 or 16 steps that are just bite-sized, really easy to digest information to expose you to what this community, you know, references and and teaches. I love that. Yeah, I would totally agree with with Jessica there. And I think additional advice I would give to people is to listen to the episodes multiple times. And the reason I say that is because that's what I've done. And like, I can remember specific places and different parts of the world that I've listened to the podcast. And you'd be surprised like how like connecting some type of audio to an actual physical location helps you remember some of these things. And you might be in a special place when Alan drops one of his Alanisms and you might hear it and it might resonate with you and help you start your, get your business kickstarted. But I would definitely advise to listen to these episodes multiple times. And, you know, I think, Alan, what you guys have done has been wonderful for the entrepreneurial community around the world, for those who have inspiration to actually want to start a business and, I think that some of the big things I've taken away, at least from the podcast and from you to help me start my business is sales and marketing. And so I would advise everybody to find a comfortable way to do that. And I think you talk about that in a lot of different episodes on on how to do that. And within your Alanisms, there's a lot of sales and marketing tips. I love that. Okay. So for the people listening, Jessica, if people want to find out more about your bike business or your entrepreneurship, where do people go? Yeah, so our bike business is 2-1 Fix Bicycle. And so our website is just 2-1-Fix-Bicycle.com. It's all spelled out, uh, not the numerals. And for me, connecting on LinkedIn is probably where I would be most active. And also within the Choose FI groups, I really like to follow along with people on their FI journeys. And so that would be, finding me on Facebook would be equally fine. Awesome. Thank you, Jessica. And Travis, if people are interested in golf for toddlers, golf for kids, golf in general, where do they go? Well, I got a podcast, Raising Golfers Podcast. I think it's a great place to start. But if you're interested in actual business, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook under Raising Golfers or Raising Golfers Podcast. And I also have a website for the podcast and for my coaching all in one, which is RaisingGolfers.com. I love that. So please, if you're listening to this, check out Jessica and Travis. It's so inspiring what they're doing, what they're building and what's going on. I have some homework to create a page that is Alanisms that I will come to you both for Alanisms and create it. This is going to be both embarrassing and fun for me. I'm looking forward to it massively. 
And just so you know, so you can follow along with Travis and Jessica's advice, the step-by-step guide is on therebelschool.com. So that's the actual Rebel Business School website. You can find it there. Thank you for listening to this fun episode. Jessica and Travis, thank you for making this fun for me. It has been absolutely awesome. All we ask is you take the episodes, you take the advice, and you go out there, build a business, build a life, do something extraordinarily fun. Just go have fun. Thank you for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.